Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. That's that acting in faith, not in faith itself and not in feelings or emotions, but faith in God to do the impossible. It'll be yours. Why? Why that? Because what's impossible for God? There's nothing he can't do. And you stand confident in that. What do you have faith in? Who do you have faith in? People have faith in all kinds of different things. Some people have faith in the government or in some public figure. Some have faith in themselves, faith in their wealth or good looks or even their charms. But who or what is your faith in? Pastor James teaches us in today's message that our faith must be in God. God's the one that's able to move mountains, not the government, not any public figure, and most definitely not us. Only God. So have faith in Him. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark, chapter 11, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. have this godly fear, this reverential fear of who he is, and say, Lord, you know what I need. You also know what I want, but I'm just going to lay all that at your feet, and I'm just going to trust you, man, you just to show up in my life. Because just to know you is more than enough. I mean, isn't that what David said in the Psalms? Just to spend a moment in his house Oh, it's so, it's worth it. Just give me that moment. If I get anything else, that's a bonus. That's a bonus on top of just time spent with creator of all things, who died on the cross for me. Man, you hook me up with anything beyond that? That's a bonus. That's a bonus. And God's so good, man. And you may be able to testify to this, where I know in my life, There have been things that I have needed in my life, and God has been faithful and has shown up and always has delivered what I need. But there's also been some times in my life where he's given me what I've wanted, which is really weird. It's mind-blowing. But he's like, I'm a good father. I'm not going to give you all that you want, because all that you want is not good for you. But I know how to show up, and I know how to hook you up. You just stop stressing. Just trust me. And I'm like, that's the hardest lesson. I'm like, I'm, I'm still 20 years in this thing, trying to figure out how not to stress so much. God's like, well, you'll figure it out one day. I'll be dead. Um, that's when all the stress goes away. I'm like, oh, woo, I'm here. I made it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, um, you did. You made it. Um, but he's teaching his disciples this amazing, amazing concept of prayer. But again, within this prayer and this asking and you know, and having confidence and all that stuff. This has nothing to do with receiving anything. This has everything to do with removing stuff. See, our ones on one side who are like more of the prosperity, name it, claim it, they're all about the receiving, using this to get. 
when Jesus' heart to his disciples is, this is to remove. This is to remove. This is to remove obstacles. This isn't so you, you get that thing. This is so that you get that thing out of your life. That's key. That's absolutely key to this. But you've got to really believe it. You have to believe it. If there's an obstacle, let's use hypothetical here. Maybe there's bitterness in your heart towards some person. That bitterness is going to hinder your prayer life. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. It's a mountain in your prayer life. And it is blocking. It is blocking. And you have to deal with that. And you got to approach that mountain. And you need to verbally say, mountain, move. Bitterness, be gone. Throw that thing into the sea. You have to deal with it aggressively because it's a hindrance in your prayer life. How do I know that? Because I lived that way for so long, for so long. And it wasn't that my prayers weren't being answered or anything, anything like that, but it was my walk with Jesus wasn't what it should have been or could have been. Why? Because I had a mountain called bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart towards an individual within my life. Praise God for godly people in our lives who can know how to step into your life and say, you have to deal with that. And you can't just like inwardly deal with that. Like, okay, I'm going to think about it. And then I'm going to say inwardly, you won't ever hear it. Okay, good. It's still gone. No, it's not gone. It's still there. What I had to do was verbalize it. Had to get it out there. Why does that even matter? Well, I don't know. There's something about verbalizing stuff that actually matters to God. Paul says that you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died and rose again, saved you, right? Like you confess him as your Lord. That's an act of that. It's not just like, you can't just believe in your heart. You have to confess with your mouth. Like they go together. There's no like, I believe that, and I'm never going to tell anybody that. That doesn't make sense in Christianity. There's no place for that in Christianity. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Praise God. Proclaim it. Tell people that. That's going to be your homework lesson for this week. You tell somebody this week, I am a Christ follower. Maybe don't use the word Christian, because we don't know what that means anymore in this country. You tell somebody, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave three days later. You tell somebody that this week. Why? Because you need to confess that. It is not enough for you just to believe in your heart. You need to confess with your mouth that he is your savior. That's your homework assignment for this week. There's multiple other scriptures that talk about this element of like verbalizing, vocalizing the promises of God. Our one like weapon, I'll say that, in the spiritual armor, Ephesians chapter 6, is the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema, which is the spoken word of God, which means you have to speak it in order for it to work. Look, I struggle with this. 
Because I got a whole lot of good conversations going on in my head. You may think I'm crazy. Maybe I am. Um, but I'm a great counselor. I'm also a worse counselor for myself, too. I have a lot of dialogue happening inside my brain between me and God. And I rarely talk to people. You know, there are times where I'll share with people what the Lord's doing and try to encourage them and all that good stuff. But it doesn't come natural. It doesn't come easy. Why? Well, because you're in a warfare, and the one weapon you've been given is the spoken word of God. Don't you think the enemy is going to combat against that? No, just keep it inside. Just think about it. Just think it. Think it into existence. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. Jesus is like, you got to really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You got to believe, like, there's a mountain in your life. There's an obstacle in your life. Only God can move this mountain. Yes, exactly. Now speak that. Proclaim that. Walk around your house. Your significant other may think you're crazy. Your kids may think you've lost your mind, and you probably are on the verge of it anyway, so just go ahead and go with it. But speak it out. Deal with stuff. Walk around today. And if there's some sort of sin within your life that so easily ensnares you, as Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, just proclaim the word of God. Truth into it. And again, this is not a, you know, name it, claim it, and all that. We're not talking about that. We're, just, we're talking about scriptural things. This isn't about receiving anything. This is talking about moving obstacles and removing obstacles from your life but you have to get it out. The counsel that I received from a man that I tremendously just admire and looked up to, Britt Merrick, when I got to go out to California and spend some time with him, the one thing he told me, he says, listen, he's like, I don't care if you're a journaler or not. From this day, you will be. He says, you write everything down. You got stuff going on. You got sin happening in your life. You write it out in those journals. You have to get it out. You have to bring it out into the light, is what he's saying. And make sure you have a real close friend that if you die, they burn all those journals, is what he said too. He already instructed his son, if I ever die, you burn all those journals, okay? So, but we have to get it out. There's obstacles in each and every one of our lives. And the way that you deal with that is to You stand confidently on the word of God, on the promises of God, and you say, mountain, move. Move. Verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. Whoa, we like this. Um, All right, I'm going to get my shopping list together here. Uh, No, it's not that. Again, it's not about receiving. It's about removing. You pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. That's that acting in faith, not in faith itself and not in feelings or emotions, but faith in God to do the impossible. It will be yours. Why? Why that? Because what's impossible for God? There's nothing he can't do. And you stand confident in that. Lord, I got this obstacle in my life. There's a mountain in my life. Lord, I need you to move it. And I'm going to verbalize that. Lord Jesus, I pray for this specific thing in my life, that you would cast that thing into the sea. And I'm going to walk 
from here on as if you have done that because you can do that. It's confidence. It's confidence. I think Christians need a little bit more confidence because here's how we pray. Um, Lord, I know this thing in my life is a bad thing, and I know you don't like it in my life. So I kind of would like for you to deal with that, Lord. Could you please maybe do that? Or, no, no, don't worry about it, God. I, I think I'll just do it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Lord, I'm sorry to bother you with this prayer. I'm sorry to waste your time. Um, let me just, I'm pretty strong-willed. Let me figure out how to move this mountain on my own. I'll get my shovel, um, and I'll just go scoop by scoop and try to obliterate this mountain in my life. That's how we pray. That's how we pray. That's how I pray. I like to take things back into my own hands. I don't like to bother God with stuff. I'm a very prideful person. That's what it is. It's pride is what it is. I'm a very prideful person, and I don't like to bother God with my stuff and my problems. I got myself into this. Lord, I'm the reason for this mountain even being here, so I'm sorry. I will deal with it. And he says, that's not what I asked. You need to give me that thing. You want that mountain moved? Let God move the mountain. Just speak it out to him. This isn't like magic stuff or anything like that. Um, All I'm going to say is this. Try it. Try it. Give it a shot this week. Give it a shot. You can pray for anything. I do want to read a couple of verses concerning this because, again, we got friends who are like, pray for anything. You ask for anything. In his name, you're going to get it. Woo, sweet. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 say this. Don't love money. Whoa, okay. Um, why are you going there? Uh, because context-wise, this fits. Be satisfied or be content. I like be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, here's the verse that is on all our coffee mugs. This is the verse that gives us great comfort. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you, or I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. We quote that all the time, but we never quote it within the actual context of the verse, where he says, don't love money. Ah, hold on, Jesus. Um, Wait a minute. Why are you going there? Because that's a problem for you. Don't love money. Be satisfied. Be content with what you have. For God says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to fail you. Why are you worried about stuff? Why are you worried about money? You trust me, right? You know that I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Yeah, but that doesn't apply to my finances, right? Like, no. He's like, yeah, that's exactly where it applies. We can say with confidence, as verse 6 says, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? This is how we pray, with confidence. You know, like, the Lord's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. You have that confidence. That's a promise from God. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this, and we are confident that he, Jesus, hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Oh, that's the big key. We're confident that he hears us when we ask for anything. And nobody finishes this verse. No, we're confident that he hears us when we ask for anything that pleases him, or that is done according to his will, his will. 
And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Why? Because what you're asking for is what he wants for you, because you are connected to him, and it's his will being lived and fulfilled in your life, because you're connected to the vine, and the life is flowing in you and out you and producing fruit. And Jesus is like, yes, you got to be connected to me, and your prayer life will be effective. It will be effective. Because your faith is in God, not in faith. Your faith is in God and not in feelings. Your faith is in him. It's in him. And he wants to move through our lives way more than what we imagine or what we can even think. I think I might get up to heaven and God's like, wow, man, there was a lot of mountains in your life. We could have moved those things. We could have moved those things. But you chose to go through them. You know, we could have just moved them, and you could have walked easily. I mean, well, it wouldn't have been easy. The way is narrow. Don't waste any more time trying to go through the mountains, trying to go around the mountains, or trying to move the mountains on your own strength. Have faith in God. Have faith in him. And tell those mountains where they can go. In your confidence in Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you this, is it his will? It is his will for you to walk in freedom. It is his will for you to be free. It is his will for that bitterness, unforgiveness to be removed from your life. That is his will. Verse 25, last little bit here. But when you are praying... I love this. Jesus talked to his disciples, not like, hey, if you guys pray, right? Jesus doesn't say that. He says, when you pray, okay? When you are praying, first, first, forgive. Forgive. You know the model prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples. You know how that starts? Our Father. It doesn't start with my Father. It starts with our Father, meaning you got a family in this thing, brothers and sisters. So when you pray, you first forgive. Forgive. You forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. Oh, but Lord, oh no, that's a mountain. It's an obstacle. But them, but them, right? That's the thing. But them, no, 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 you, you. They also, hopefully, are aware of this passage of Scripture, and they have the obligation to first forgive or confess or go to somebody and say, look, I'm sorry. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about me. First, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And you're like, well, hold on. Um, didn't he already do that? Yeah, I mean, your sins have been forgiven at the cross. Absolutely. But this isn't so much about God not forgiving us as much as it is us not forgiving other people. So don't, don't shift it. Don't be like, well, wait a minute, God's not going to forgive me? Well, he, what if he does withhold forgiveness for you from today? Because you're withholding forgiveness from somebody else. What if he does do that? Do you want that? No, you don't want that, do you? This is a lesson. This is what he's saying. Forgive people. Why? Because he forgave you. Because he forgave you. It's a hard pill to swallow, guys. 
If you've ever been hurt by somebody, it's a hard pill to swallow. But it is the remedy to your soul. It is the medicine. It is the cure for what ails you. You forgiving them. You forgiving them. They are not affected at all by this mountain in your life. They are not. Not at all. And any bitterness you, you harbor against them, they feel no real effects of that. You're only poisoning yourself. We only harm ourselves. First, forgive. Forgive. And if you need motivation to forgive, just remember that while we were sinners, he died for us. Jesus is our model. He's our standard. He forgave us, guys. He forgave us. Man, I get it. This one's a hard one. This is hard, but I can, I can speak to you with confidence because I've walked down this road before. And you guys know my story, man. I, I harbored so much hatred and animosity and just bitterness towards my dad for years and years and years and years. And it was killing me. Physically, it was killing me. Until somebody walked into my life and said, look, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing this. You have to, I mean, you got to get it out. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. And that's what I did. And man, I can't, I can't even explain to you the weight that was lifted off of me. The moment I, I and I, what I did was I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter. I told you this before. I don't know where that letter is. I don't know what my wife did to it, but I wrote a letter and I gave it to her. And I wasn't going to give it to him or anything like that, but I was like, I, I have to get this out. And I just poured my guts out onto this page. Everything. Everything. And he wasn't even guilty of all this stuff. It was just coming out of me, you know, and all that good stuff, right? It's just emotions and emotions and emotions. But when I put that last little period on that page and pushed it away from it, this weight lifted. It lifted. I mean, I was like, it was almost equal to that day, that moment I surrendered my life to Jesus, and that weight was removed from me. It was almost as equal to that moment. But I was free. I was free. That mountain was thrown into a sea on that day. On that day. That mountain hasn't reappeared concerning that. My dad passed away two years ago. But I got to do my dad's funeral. I, I never got to apologize. I never got to you know, reconnect with him and apologize to him because I, he was doing apology for me. I was bitter towards him. I held that hatred towards him. He was doing apology from me. I wasn't able, I didn't get a chance to do that. He passed away. But man, I got to do his funeral. I got to do his funeral. And I felt like that was the Lord's just way of blessing me with an opportunity to say, here's how you honor your dad. That mountain was gone. That mountain's been gone for like 10 years now. 10 years now. There are other mountains in my life. There are other obstacles in my life that I need to speak confidently to and walk confidently in my relationship with Jesus and address those things. But man, I can, we can approach those mountains having faith in God, and he knows how to get rid of those things. But first we forgive. First we forgive. There's power for your prayer life. 
If you're like, man, my prayer life just seems pretty anemic. Start with forgiveness. Start with forgiveness. And let's see what happens. Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle as he teaches through the book of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' time here on earth. Though it's short, this book is powerful as it's filled with encounters that Jesus had with people, everyday people just like you and me. And the book of Mark reminds us that Jesus came to serve. He humbly did what needed to be done, even if it wasn't glamorous. Jesus healed the people who were sick. He spent time with the lonely and the rejected. He loved the unloved unconditionally. And then he proved his love by the ultimate act of service. He gave up his life for all of us. He took the place of every person on the earth, and then those to come, because we all deserve death. Our sins make us unacceptable to God, and we're unable to do anything to fix it. That's why we need Jesus. Today, if you haven't allowed Jesus to be your Savior, please consider it again. If you have questions or would you like to talk more with someone, then please take a moment and go to breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. Just fill out the form and we'll be in touch with you. You can also come visit us if you're in the Galveston area. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston, and we meet every Sunday and Thursday. So find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Next time, Pastor James will pick up where he left off in the book of Mark. So make a note of where we are and make plans to join us next time, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.